Shri Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Kaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Kaur Premanande. So what will be the translation system? Old system? Simultaneous. Oh, okay. Very good. So it's nice to be with you all again. And I think um, we're here for about ten days, right? Mm-hmm. And I assume that some more devotees will probably be coming tomorrow. And um, so I'll speak briefly. This evening, by way of introducing the topics, the topic of the festival, and entertaining any questions. I um, have been traveling a bit lately, and um, and on the course of our travels, we've been discussing primarily the uh, topic of Raghunuga Bhakti as it's explained by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He's given about 30 verses there of explanation of Raghunuga sadhana and its um, perfection. Hmm? The perfection that it culminates in. And some of you may have been hearing some of those topics. The, um, the course, if you will, ended with a discussion of what Rupa Goswami calls Sambandhanuga Bhakti. And so following in in the wake of those discussions, I want to discuss that topic a little bit more by way of um, entering into the chapters of the Bhagavatam that the commentators of Rupa Goswami's book have cited as a, an example of that type of love of God and the practice that, that follows in the wake of that. These are the famous chapters of the Bhagavatam, three chapters of the tenth canto, sometimes entitled Brahma Vimohan. Brahma Vimohan means Brahma, you know the name Brahma, and Mohan means, uh, well, enchanted. Here it means uh, bewildered, and Vimohan means very bewildered. So, the very much <laughs> the extreme bewilderment of of Brahma. Hmm? And I'll, I'll I'll address tomorrow how it is that our acharyas have referred to these chapters with regard to Sambandhanuga Bhakti, what Sambandhanuga Sadhana Bhakti is as a division of Raghunuga Bhakti and so forth. But tonight, out of deference to my uh, revered Siksha Guru, Bhakti Raksakshidadev Goswami Maharaj, I want to speak uh, briefly on the subject of Brahma Vimohan um, uh, with an emphasis on how he has done so uh, briefly and that discussion has been recorded and published in a book called Loving Search for the Lost Servant. <clears throat> and this uh, may help us 
to approach the very idea of Krishna Lila, which is uh, bewildering, difficult to understand, difficult to digest, uh, but attractive nonetheless, and worthy, therefore, of all of our intellectual um, preoccupation, really, um, is a lifetime or more uh, subject uh, with the capacity to, I want to say, uh, engage our intellect for a lifetime or, or more, just understanding uh, what is Krishna Lila theoretically. Hmm? And then if we understand it theoretically, then to try to explain it to others, that'll take at least another lifetime. <laughs> and then uh, maybe another lifetime we will have some direct acquaintance with that. <clears throat> so it's a big topic, central topic, obviously, of our lineage. <clears throat> and uh, the point that Sridhar Marsh focused on was the fact that Brahma was uh, bewildered by it, and Brahma is not an ordinary person. <clears throat> In this context, he exemplifies a pure person in as much as the position of the Brahma, as described in the uh, sacred texts, is one of great purity, uh, let's say, in relation to um, religious life in general. Religious life is um, termed Varnashram in, in the Bhagavad. And, um, of course, the Bhagavad speaks beyond that, beyond religious life, but uh, in doing so it tells us much about that particular religious orientation to life. I've often differentiated religious orientation to life from the spiritual experiential orientation to life. Hmm? So that's a shift from, or a difference between factoring God consciousness into our human life and, on the other hand, realizing that human life ultimately culminates in the potential to transcend itself. Hmm? And then with, with regard to bhakti, of course, that, that uh, preoccupation is um, otherworldly and in the context of that uh, experiential uh, spiritual life is, um, is pursued. So the ordinary uh, religious life of Varnashram it is said that if one could um, execute the Varnan Ashram and its multitude of rules and regulations, the very rule-laden, or uh, 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 burdened uh, orientation, if one could follow them all perfectly and attain a certain level of religious purity, hmm, um, for a hundred lifetimes, the example is, one could become a Brahma. So 
This is a way of saying that he's a very pure um, person from a religious point of view. But we'll note that his purity did not help him to understand Krishna Leela. And that is very shocking. Hmm? On the other hand, he is depicted as having four heads, which implies, among other things, that he's very intelligent, very thoughtful. The Veda, which is said to be the source of knowledge, um, uh, emanates from him. Hmm? He said that he studied it three times and then he um, engaged in its uh, distribution and so forth. Hmm? And so he's also very knowledgeable, very pure from a religious point of view, from a human point of view, hmm? from a material point of view. And he was very learned. So he had much knowledge, but the knowledge, neither his purity nor his knowledge helped him to understand the complexity, the amazing, extraordinary nature of Krishna Leela. And, of course, we are less equipped, uh, less pure, and less knowledgeable, and uh, this is our task, in a sense. Hmm? Um, So it's formidable. Uh, We are very small, very insignificant, and Leela is the life of the Absolute, which is very uh, complex and, um, as I say, what would ordinarily be the powers of this world uh, by which we were thought to um, make our way by honesty, by purity, hmm, by knowledge and so forth, they have no, um, no, no um, purchasing power there. They're false currency. So that by which we are prone to think um, are uh, the uh, appropriate and powerful means, and to some extent it is our experience that these are the means by which we may um, uh, move progressively in the world. Um, They're uh, not helpful to us for proceeding and entering into into that world. So this is a difficult lesson um, to learn. And this, as I say, is the point that Sridhar Marsh liked to kind of emphasize on, or focus on, focus our attention on, when uh, discussing the Brahma Vimohan Lila. He begins by making the point that Brahma, who is in one sense the head of our lineage, we call it the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. We connect our lineage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the lineage of Madhva, which is connected with Brahma. Hmm? This thought Brahma enlightened Narada and Nard enlightened Vyas, and Madhva spoke to Vyas somehow. Hmm? Um, <laughs> many years later, and from his lineage then um, we find uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's formal uh, had a formal connection with that through 
initiation of Madhavendra Puri. This, this is how it is taught in our, uh, in our tradition. Mm. Um, the connection, welcome, connection of our lineage with, with Madhva, interestingly, is somewhat emphasized uh, by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, while other Godi lineages will play down that that uh, that connection, emphasizing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the presi- as the presiding deity of his own sampradaya, hmm? not in need of connection with any other sampradaya in order for it to have validity. Hmm? Um, but there is a statement in in, uh, in the, perhaps the Padma Purana, an old statement that there are four sampradayas, and unless you are connected with one of those sampradayas, then the mantras that you receive will have no, will bear no fruit. Um, so perhaps on the basis of that uh, statement, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur and others, Bhaktivinoda Thakur in particular, was concerned that um, that people would see our sampradaya as connected to the Madhva sampradaya in this way that whatever was passed on through, whatever mantra, for example, would bear fruit. I don't think that argument has as much bearing today in the world, in the minds of the people who we speak to, or in your minds, for that matter, but it was important to Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, in his time when uh, seeking, as he was, to give... Uh, credibility to that it deserved to go to Vaishnavism, um, um, you know, in a certain socio-religious um, circle, where a statement from the Padma Purana would be more more pressing. Hmm? Today, of course, we're compelled by powerful spiritual uh, persons, their charisma, their knowledge, and and so on and so forth, and uh, oftentimes people will connect with them and without regard for whether or not they they come in a lineage or uh, have affiliation with the tradition or or have even written down their their teachings that can be a problem hmm. perhaps we can come somewhere in between it's important to have a lineage, I would say it's important to have uh, texts. That articulate what what the lineage is and so forth, hmm. but um, it's also possible, I would say, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to form his own sampradaya independent of the Madhva sampradaya. Uh, especially if we understand him as Swami Bhagavan himself, Sri Krishna, who's the source of the Brahma sampradaya. He enlightened Brahma. Um, but in other ways, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also did, does seem to have uh, identified with the Madhva lineage in some important ways, interesting ways, um, as an aside. Uh, for example, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur seemed to emphasize the independence of an individuality of each jiva, in comparison to another jiva, a, a kind of emphasis on individuality. Hmm? We are all individuals, 
in that uh, we are all units of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. That makes us different in one sense, like atoms are different from one another, but in another sense, atoms are not different from one another. They're all, an atom is an atom, is an atom, although there may be a number of different atoms at the same time. Hmm? So atoms may be different from one another. Pool balls, billiard balls may be different from one another, although they're made of the same thing. So we're constituted of the same thing, but we're, we're, we're individuals at the same time. Is there anything more to our individuality? That is a, an interesting question that um, doesn't seem to come up much in the, um, in the founder, uh, founders of Gaudiya Vaishnavas and their writing, the Goswamis and so forth. Um, they emphasize the point that we are units of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. That we have self, a sense of um, I am, that I exist, and so on and so forth. And our personalities are a result of our association, either with material nature, we develop a false personality, or in relation to bhakti, we develop a, an, an, an enduring an eternal personality in the context of a relationship with Bhagawan. Hmm? Um, so what are we without these two influences? It's almost a mute question if we look at the word tatasta that has been used to describe us. Tatasta means neither here nor there, so to speak. Hmm? Kind of in between uh, one side or the other. So is there an existence of the jiva independent of the influence of material nature and independent of the influence of bhakti hmm? or the surup shakti of Krishna? Um, we do have a, a condition that in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is referred to as uh, spiritual suicide, <coughs> hmm? sayuja. Mukti. So that would be kind of in between, and it's nothing, so to speak. So um, it may be not worth entertaining in one sense. What are we independent of either of these two? But um, I would say, and, and I think this is, this is the, uh, the emphasis of Thakur Bhakti Vinod, I find it interesting, that there is more, and and, and the more to us, something that hasn't been emphasized by the Goswamis, but seems um, obvious nonetheless. And it has been emphasized by Baladev Bijibhushan, who was of the Madhva Sampradaya and came, became a member of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. That emphasis is that we are units of will. It kind of goes without saying. We're not matter, so we're not inanimate. We're, we have... We're a unit of, of willing, hmm? free will, hmm? a unit of will, which in one sense is, is life. Hmm? Um, and although Madhva or Baladev Vidyabhusa doesn't carry over with him into Gaudiya Sampradaya in his Govinda Bhasha commentary on Vedanta Sutra, the idea of Madhva, 
that each jiva is unique and different. Hmm? Besides being sat, chit, ananda, they're, they're different. He says they're different. Because they're different, therefore they choose differently, and therefore there's different types of karma. Hmm? We have an adi karma, and we have the will of the jiva. You can't have karma without desire, will. Hmm? And so he reasons, well, the jivas have different karma, therefore they must be different. Otherwise they would choose the same thing. Hmm? They were all the same. So each one must be different. This is thought to be a very insightful um, feature of Madhva's uh, philosophy that's not found elsewhere. A further explanation as to the nature of adrishta, um, our fate, and so forth, connecting it with will. So while Balade doesn't carry that over in the relevant sutras where he could have... Um, uh, but rather says that no, the jivas are different materially only because of karma. In other places, he emphasizes the fact that they have will. And this is an emphasis of Bhaktivinotakur. Hmm? And if you think about it, of course, will it, it implies freedom. Will is freedom. Hmm? That means freedom of choice, freedom, freedom. That means you could be confronted with the same circumstances and still choose differently hmm? if you have will. Because you have will doesn't mean that you will all choose the same thing. Will implies some, some freedom. Hmm? So Bhaktivinoda Thakur seemed to like to emphasize this and carry this idea a little more concretely into his teaching that each jiva is, 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 is different and unique and, and so may perhaps then it would respond to bhakti uh, differently. Of course, material nature tends to suppress will and the sarup shakti of Krishna tends to facilitate will. Hmm? That is the difference. Krishna's willing and everything is happening by the arrangement of a sarup shakti. The more that we come under the influence of that sarup shakti, the more our will is coming in line with the, with, with the will of Bhagawan, which means becoming a will to please the senses of Krishna. And, and that sarup shakti then will facilitate that. So within the context of bhakti, we may have many desires to please Krishna. And sarup shakti will facilitate that. That's why you can, you can have a form for that. You can have a family for that, and so on and so forth, all out of uh, under the influence of of bhava. Hmm. So, a side point, hmm. um, but madhva sampradaya hmm, places a lot of stress on brahma because brahma is the origin of the Sampradaya and the Brahma Vimohan Leela says, this is the point that Sridhar Maharaj liked to emphasize, that Brahma, the original guru of the Sampradaya, became bewildered. And Sridhar Maharaj liked to think that Madhva was not fond to comment on those chapters and his lineage after him to give much regard to them at all because they speak about the Adi Guru of the Sampradaya becoming bewildered. Hmm? And that is bewildering. 
um, to think about. Hmm? After all, the guru is thought to have all knowledge to share with us, and if he or she is bewildered, it seems like it could be uh, a problem. Hmm. The chapters are called The Bewilderment of the Guru, <laughs> so to speak. So uh, we don't want to tuck, put those aside <laughs> and and perhaps reason that they were interpolated or something like that and not part of the original text and so forth. But uh, but Pujapad Sridhar Murs didn't shy away from that, of course, and, and he made the point that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not shy away, shy away from those chapters. And uh, the ancient Sridhar Swami commented on them. Hmm? And so um, our Sampradaya, not only do we not move away from the, those chapters, we embrace them very um, wholeheartedly from the point of view of tattva, hmm? from the point of view of Samandarupa Bhakti that we are, uh, from, we, from where we come, having discussed that into the Brahma Vimohan Leela, they're also very important. Very important from the point of view of tattva and the point of view of, of, of bhava. Hmm? But from the tattva point of view, they're extremely important because, of course, they play out in the narrative of the Leela, the very key point that is the password, so to speak, of tattva for understanding the Bhagavatam. That password is Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. Don't tell anybody. Or tell everybody. <laughs> um, and that uh, one, one line of one verse is, as I say, the password, the key to understanding the, the Siddhanta, the conclusion, the spiritual, um, conc- scriptural conclusions of the Bhagavatam, the supremacy, if you will, of Krishna as the fountainhead of all manifestations of divinity and in whom, therefore, all possibilities of divine love uh, can be found. <clears throat> the, uh, it is the key because it, uh, understanding this, one reasons, well, I should give my attention here. There's no better place where I can give my attention with regard to divinity than, than Krishna. And I'm able to give it in a way that I can't give it elsewhere, for that matter, also. And, of course, doing that is what uh, Krishna-lila constitutes. It's filled with persons who exemplify that. Uh, those, are our, those persons are our, our, our ideals to follow. And so this lila over three chapters, brings out this point. It's just one line of one verse, hmm? the password. But in the narrative, it's, it's quite uh, um, clearly explained by Brahma himself hmm? that Krishna is the source of Narayan, for example. And I think some of you are, most of you are probably familiar with the Brahma Vimohan Lila uh, chapters and how this point of tattva is uh, is, is 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 brought out. <clears throat> so we very much um, embrace these chapters, as I say, from the point of view of tattva and also from the point of view of of bhava. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and is said by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami um, in his explanation of Rupa Goswami's verse: Anarpitacharyam charat kurnayabhtina kalu. Samar paitam unatotrasam sabhakti sriyam hari purata sundra duti kadamba sandipita sadar daya kandare sprutova satchinandana. That ujbal rasa, 
he came to give in our time, rarely given. He opened the doors to the secret realm of his romantic life and distributed the four bhavas that that life is constituted of. Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya. As I've often said, these are the forces of the world of reality that the Goswamis were concerned with. Not material forces, but the forces that move the material forces, if you will. The force of consciousness and consciousness in pursuit of its 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 uh, its its meaning, if you will, its value, its purpose. It's, a, it's an enduring unit that is cognizant of itself and has a purpose, which is to love. Hmm? So those four, they are included then in the two divisions of Raghunuga Bhakti, Kamanuga and Sambandhanuga. Hmm? So the Sambandhanuga is all found in these, these, these chapters of Ramavimohan Lila. So it's half of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, came to give, in a sense. Without which, of course, the, the, the main focus of, of Madhurya Rasa has no context, no supporting players. Um, in the uh, in, in the eternal uh, drama, hmm? so important to us, and and we embrace it fully, and and therefore we embrace the idea. It would appear that the guru may not be omniscient, not be all all knowing, <clears throat> and that means, of course, to us that there is something, there's a greater knowing than omniscience. Omniscience means all-knowing, so how can there be a greater knowing than, uh, than all-knowing? Hmm. <laughs> well, as we said, Krishna Leela is difficult to understand, so uh, yeah, we have to think about it a little bit, or maybe... Think about it enough theoretically that we can be motivated, inspired to perform, to engage in sadhana, and then arrive at that kind of knowing that is loving that the lila is all about. After all, Krishna is omniscient, right? At least we should think Krishna is omniscient, if Brahma's not. But we find in his omniscience that Krishna himself becomes bewildered. So he's omniscient, but he's also bewildered. Hmm? After all, we have to understand that the Madhva Sampradaya is not concerned with the Brajalila of Krishna. It is a, a Vaidhi uh, Bhakti uh, Sampradaya. The ideal there is, is to attain Mukti and Vaikuntha, hmm? not to attain the, the, the Brajalila. So, uh, It's easy for us, easier I should say, for us to embrace the bewilderment of Brahma when Brahma's guru, who is the god of all gods from our perspective, the, the, the source of all avatars and so forth, is himself bewildered and he's most himself 
when he's most bewildered. Hmm? And he's most knowing. He's more knowing in that condition than in his omniscience. Hmm? Knowing is not an, a, an end unto itself. We know for a purpose. There's a purpose. Uh, all action is informed by knowing, by knowledge, by some kind of knowledge, hmm? I guess, or lack of it. <clears throat> so we know, and then we do, and we become uh, fulfilled in, in comparison to the, how well informed <laughs> our action is, and so forth. Hmm? So all-knowing, all-knowing would sound like a good thing, perhaps. If we could know everything, then all problems would be solved. In one sense, our problem is, is we don't know anything. We don't know enough. If we could know everything, then all our problems would be solved. That would be a simp- seems like a simple equation. If I'm in ignorance, my problem is ignorance, and it is, then knowledge will be the solution. Hmm? But there's a, there's a problem with all-knowing as well. What is the problem with a, if you know everything? What is the problem? If you knew everything, what would be the problem? You would have no fun. There would be nothing to do. What could you do? If you know everything, <laughs> I mean, as soon as you start to move, you, know, you already know what's going to happen. So, exactly. You would have no fun. Hmm? And that's no fun. So, <laughs> so, if you know everything, Krishna knows everything, therefore, of course, he's very smart, so in his omniscience, he knows, now I have to play. Hmm? I know everything, so now I have to play as if I don't know everything. And, of course, he plays very good, very well, very hard, and this is what we call Leela. Hmm? Leela is the play of Bhagwan to deal with the problem of omniscience. Hmm? And in this condition, in his play, hmm, there is more knowing than in his omniscience. Hmm? There's more knowing and because that knowing constitutes loving. Loving is, of course, a kind of ignorance and a kind of bewilderment hmm, that we have to accept. Hmm? Ignorance is bliss. So here we 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 advocate that here, here in Brahma Vimohan Lila. Ignorance is bliss. Taking it to Krishna's bewilderment. This is this is Krishna. The full face of Krishna is Krishna, not knowing whether Radha loves him or not. What wondering, confused about that, having to get counsel from his intimate friends. Does she love me? Does she not love me? Hmm? Um, this is the full face uh, from the Godi perspective of the Absolute. So it's not so difficult for us to then... Um, uh, we're not troubled by the fact that Brahma might be bewildered, be bewildered upon coming in contact with this. Hmm? His contact with this, of course, is a, is a result of his initial... Uh, blessing that he met Krishna at the dawn of creation. It said in the Bhagavatam, he heard the four essential verses of the Bhagavatam. Krishna offered him love and friendship there, according to the commentators. Hmm? And Brahma readily accepted that 
without knowing perhaps what he was getting into entirely. Hmm? And so after some time, of course, Krishna made an arrangement to let him come in touch with those paradigmatic figures in his leela that represent and embody that kind of love, Krishna's friends. Hmm? This is the Brahma Vimohan Leela. In the midst of his, the, his, his um, uh, Sakyarasa, hmm? this whole Leela is un, unfolding and Brahma's coming in and seeing Krishna, who previously he saw in, in, in the dress of a gopa, but in the Gyan Mudra. Gyan Mudra means he's giving knowledge and he spoke wisely the four verses that are the essence of the Bhagavatam and so on and so forth. And, and so this is Brahma's guru. Now Brahma's seeing his guru acting very strangely, <laughs> very what would appear in, in, inappropriately even. Hmm? With, uh, he will describe him, of course, with... His, his, his lunch in his left hand and uh, uh, moving amongst the cows and uh, with, dealing with his friends intimately uh, as if one of them and so forth. He couldn't, he kind of like looked like my guru, but I'm not sure. He's not acting like my wise guru who sits in a seat and, and gives a blessing and so on and so forth. Uh, this is Brahma being coming acquainted briefly with Sakyaras and the ideal that he embraced at the time of his uh, initiation, meeting, meeting Krishna at the dawn of creation. Hmm? He got some, some direct experience of that, of the model to, to follow. Hmm? This may not all come at once from our guru. It may take some time. Then he may show like this. Hmm? And then Brahma had to, had to think about that four heads and so forth. He thought about it, of course, and uh, he came to the right conclusion. He landed on his feet, so to speak. His heads, all four of them, were spinning wildly, but uh, upon seeing this and all that these, this Leela constitutes, which is primarily the love of Krishna and for his friends and his friends' love for him. This is really what it's about. And secondarily, of course, hmm, that Krishna is the source of um, Narayana. Brahma had to come to that point of Siddhanta, clearly understand that point, to enter into the, the ideal of friendly love. Hmm. So he landed on his feet, and the, and the, the, there's two chapters describing the Leela, and the third chapter is Brahma's reflecting back on it, um, prayers to Krishna, hmm? maybe 60-some prayers and so forth, of uh, very beautiful Gaudiya Siddhanta. Sridhar Marsh focused in his brief discussion of this Leela on the third of those um, verses of Brahma's. Brahma introduces, Brahma describes Krishna beautifully hmm? in a couple of verses, and then he says what? He says... Gyane prayasya udapasya namanta eva. There's a famous verse. And we defer to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's discussion with Roy Ramananda, in which this verse plays a prominent part. 
um, this discussion with Ramananda Roy and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the whole of the Chaitanya Charitamrita is found there. As it's found in the fourth chapter of the Adi Lila, it's found in the eighth chapter of the Madhya Lila. Hmm? So the whole essence of the, of, of the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Vaishnavism. Ramananda Roy enlightening Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked about the goal of life and how to attain it. What is the best sadhya, ideal, and what is the best sadhana that corresponds with that? This is, as we've discussed before, these are important questions to ask. When Ramananda began to answer with different ideals, first he gave the religious ideal, follow the Varnashram, Mahaprabhu was not satisfied. When he spoke about jnana as opposed to karma and material purity, hmm? knowledge which will enter into a pure heart, hmm? he also was not satisfied with that. Neither karma as a path, neither jnana as a path, hmm? uh, or any mixture of them even with bhakti. But when he spoke about pure bhakti, invoking this verse, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, yes, this is where my teaching really begins. Gane prayasya udapasya And it says very strongly, udapasya, hmm? prayasa, gyan, the effort, effort. Prayasya means effort. Hmm? Um, there is effort in bhakti, in our school of bhakti. But the effort, as I've often said, is make the effort to acquire grace. These are the two things. We, we need some effort and some grace. We need effort with a view to attract sympathy from above, this kind of effort. Hmm? That is almost like it's not an effort unto itself. Hmm? It's not a self-reliant effort. It's an effort for grace. Hmm? Self-reliance is very much um, contrary to the Gaudiya idea. We are dependent entities. We, have, we are units of will, but our will is derived. We are units of avaranda, but it's der- derived. Units of knowledge and being, but they, they are derived. Hmm? These are independent in Bhagwan. So the kind of Western individualism and so forth uh, and effort to establish oneself and, and so on, this is a little opposed to the uh, ideal of, of bhakti, effort to get sympathy, get grace. They say in, a, in, a, in English in our country, in, in my country, that I've said this before, it's that real men don't ask questions. You've got to be tough. Uh, my, my first thing is always, why don't we ask somebody? <laughs> if we don't know where we are, why don't we ask somebody? Hmm? I find some, a lot of people object to that. Of course, they don't want, maybe they don't want to trouble other people or something, I don't know, but I just think very naturally, why don't we ask somebody? <laughs> that would be the easy way to, to, to find out. Hmm? Somebody locally must know. Hmm? Prabhupada used to give this kind of example, actually. He said, if you want to know who is your father, if you don't know, 
what would be the way to find out, the most effective and easiest way to find out? You could go and research the birth records and, and so on and so forth, or you could just ask your mother, and she should be a pretty good authority on that. Hmm? So this is an example of... You make, you make this kind of effort. Hmm? Not an individual, rugged effort, and... and and this is more or less how we're accustomed to moving in the world by, by our own effort, fighting our way, so to speak, with the instruments of power, of physical power and intellectual um, prowess. But as we said earlier, physical power in the form of purity or intellectual prowess in the form of knowing, it says no real currency for entering into Krishna Leela. It turns these things on their head. In Krishna Leela, we find ignorance is the ideal. Bewilderment is the ideal. Hmm? And purity is, appears to be thrown out the window as well. Hmm? It's very, very strange. Gyane prayasya urapasyanam deva, he says. Uh, Prabhupada translates it, hatefully rejecting this effort-oriented intellectual kind of exercise. Hmm? We may go and sort things out and know and then proceed cautiously as we know this piece and we get that piece in place and that piece in place and so forth. Hmm? Hmm. But we'll never know. By, uh, by, by this effort, we'll never enter into understanding Krishna. Indeed, Sridhar makes the point, this will end up, this will serve as a bar, or bar, a, a barring us from, like bars, bar, bar, barring us from, from entering in the Leela. Hmm? While we, where we're accustomed to, uh, to thinking, and we have some experience in this world, it will get us somewhere. It will, it will, it will lock the door to Krishna Leela. To think that you can come in there just with intellectual exercise, by acquisition of, of knowledge, so, by, by vivek, by, by discrimination, Alone, there's, that, there's, there's no place for discrimination, but that's a great art hmm? to use discrimination in relation to bhakti. Hmm? How to discriminate such a way again to make effort to get grace? This is a very different way of of, of moving in the world. Gyane prayasa udapasyanamanta eva. He says that. Mahabhu said, "Yes, now you're getting somewhere." Hmm? By this idea, and uh, 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 well, let me see. What a, you can see, I'm somewhat bewildered. I'll need to go to the book here. I cannot remember the whole verse. Gyane prayasi udapasya namante eva jibanti san mukaritam babadiya vartam stane stita shutikatam tanavan manubi ye prayaso jita jitopi asitras jilokyam. He says that without knowledge, you can you can go there. Hmm? He says, "Stane stita," you stay in your position. Position means we have some. Here he's referring to material position with regard to the social and religious system of the time, the varna and ashram. Everyone had their position within that. The idea in the Gyanmarg course, is to transcend the Varnashram, to leave Dharma behind, 
through knowledge. Hmm? But here the verse is saying, you may stay in that position which is which from the Gan perspective is a position of of ig- ignorance, really. Hmm? You can stay in that position and attain something more than you can by Gyan itself. It, 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 this is a way in which the Bhakti school, strangely enough, embraces, in one sense, more our karmic orientation as a favorable field for the cultivation of bhakti as opposed to 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 gyan hmm? which is kind of no man's land and um, and the culture of which is very opposed to bhakti the pursuit of karma of things of acquisition we find readily in our pursuit of things in material acquisition that we have to serve Even though our, we want something for it, we have to serve to get it. I once, many, many years ago, I started a magazine called Clarion Call because I thought I had to write something because I didn't have any, we didn't have any books in those days of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism for circulating. So I thought I have to write some. So I started writing a magazine. And one devotee um, wanted to do artwork for the magazine. And so I said, okay, well, we try it, you know. So she did some artwork, and I didn't like it. That's a really difficult situation to be in. Uh, so it, it, I had to try to tell her that, you know, you did a great job, but it doesn't work. Um, and so, of course, I did my best to be encouraging and so forth. And, uh, and meanwhile, uh, I had hired... This was many years ago. I hired a lady to do uh, graphic design in the magazine, hmm? and she was this other devotee was doing some illustrations, and so she became very disappointed, and so on and so forth. And then she went into the next room, where the graphic designer was, and they began to talk, and she began to share her disappointment, and the graphic designer began to educate her about how the world works, and. I was just right there, and I was overhearing the conversation. Hmm? And she was saying, you see, the thing is, in the real world, you've got to work for somebody, and the idea is you want to do it the way they want it, and that's how you get paid. <laughs> it's not just about art, <laughs> and that's how you go broke, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, this is, anyway, so it was a nice lesson, I thought, you know, in... in <laughs> wake up kind of in reality and it, it applies obviously in bhakti as well indeed this is what bhakti is we want to do it the way Krishna wants it hmm? not that we want to do it in a certain way and then uh, and then force Krishna to take it something like that Sridhar Maharaj used to say that if you offer the flower to the guru then the guru says no thank you the first time you offered was bhakti. If he says no, and then you go, no, please take it. The second time, it's not bhakti. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. Or the example, if he asks for milk, and you, he asks for water, and you bring milk, you know, 
because you think milk would be, water milk would be better. You would better you would have been better off to bring water. So uh, these are hard points, easy and cute to think about, but harder to digest <laughs> and to apply. Hmm? Very difficult. So point is here, even in the karma marg, which is the path of material acquisition, ignorance, attachment, and so forth, we have to serve there. We have to do some qualified service. In other words, we have to serve with the qualification that I'm doing it to get something. That's not good. But in the gyan marg, we don't do anything. We get knowledge, and so, and we, and we, and and then we, we unplug, if you will, from the world and from karma. So, and we've got a, developed a sanskar from that. That's difficult to turn to bhakti. It's possible, of course. We find it in Sukadeva. We find it in the Kumaras. That possibility is there. Hmm? But it's not that every jnani turns into a, into a bhakti, despite uh, good association. Hmm? These are particular jnanis in the Bhagavatam that are singled out. Sukadeva, the Kumaras, the, 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 the uh, Naviogendras. These are the jnanis that are highlighted in the Bhagavatam. Why? Because they, they went from there on, on to bhakti. Not all jnanis do. There are about four different kinds of jnanis Vishwanachapri Thakur has, has um, described. Two of which are successful two of which are unsuccessful. The two of which are successful, those who use some bhakti to attain sayuja mukti, those like Sugadev, like the Kumars and so forth, who develop into, into, into rasananda, who attain rasananda by, the, by accepting the ingress, the influence of bhakti. Other two, because they don't have, hold bhakti in any favor, they cannot be successful. So these particular type of jnanis, they've been singled out hmm? because they become bhaktas. And that's what the book is about, Bhagavatam. Hmm. So, point being here that you can stay in the field of karma, so to speak. Hmm? A more opportunity for bhakti, perhaps more, you have to serve anyway. So, focus your service here and the fruits will be will be greater. That's a, a good kind of, how you say, um, bait. Hmm? Sometimes we say like that, well, you're serving anyway, why don't you just focus your service on Krishna? Hmm? The result will be better. Of course, the result will be eternal service, eternal slavery. If we say it like that, then people might not be so attracted. Uh, eternal, uh, another form of bondage. Golok is like that. Vraj is like that. Hmm? It's the cause of bondage. Hmm. And we want freedom. Hmm. But that is freedom inside that bondage. Hmm. The bondage of love of Krishna, attachment to Krishna and so forth is what I mean. So he says here that, that forget about knowledge, you can stay in, in, in the cultivation of it, which is ordinarily thought to be the spiritual ideal, the, the, the highest pursuit and so on and so forth. You can just throw that away and stay where you are. And do what? Just here. Shuti gatam tanavan manobir. Just here. Kind of it says just here. Shuti gatam tanavan with your here with your body, mind and words. Hmm? Tanu man 
mano, with your body, mind. You can hear in such a way, it means. Just hear, that sounds good, but just hear in such a way, with such attention, hmm? heartfully, hmm? that your body, mind, and words become fully engaged in what you're hearing, hmm? in the implications of what you're hearing. Hear about Krishna Leela in such a way that you become attracted and thus your body, your mind, and words are fully engaged. This is what we call sadhana. Hmm? It's a real... Um, it, 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 there's some effort in that hmm? to engage body, mind, and words, intellect, whole of our being in, in, in a focused and practical uh, focus on, on what is pertinent to us in regard to the pursuit of the ideal that we're hearing about and are attracted to. Hmm? Brahma's become attracted to this Sakiras. He's, he's going to witness that. Hmm? Hmm? So as we hear from good sources, some attraction will come. Hmm? Then to apply ourselves in, in relation to that, very practically, as I've often said, you have to know where you want to go and where you are now. And then you have to know both and you have to focus on what steps it will take in the here and now to, to go there. We have to follow, but not imitate. Hmm? We cannot just start acting like a gopi or a gopa, uh, although the gopis and the gopas are our ideal to follow. Hmm? But we don't have a gopa and a gopi deha, so we have to follow in these bodies, and there's a way to follow in these bodies, and these bodies are called sadaka dehas, bodies given by our guru. Hmm? And parameters are given with which to live within and practice. And that practice involves body, mind, and words, the whole. The whole of our being has to be given. Hmm? This is real knowledge. We may collect knowledge here and there sincerely, and there's some... Um, there's some value to that, but the value really comes down in the bottom, not to how much money you have, your wealth, but how you spend it. If you have a whole lot of money in the bank and you never spend it, people will not think you're a very valuable uh, person, that you have any worth. Hmm? How you spend the money, right? Like if there's a lot of rich people, then it's not a question of who has more money, who has the best art. Hmm? Who collected the bet? Who, who, who got you know what? Hmm? And these are the things that are. That's another thing, of course. Nobody's a materialist. Hmm? You might think, gosh, somebody paid you know a million dollars for the for the football, the soccer ball that was the goal that won the World Cup, and they got it in their house. This is the soccer ball kicked by so and so's right foot, and it, I paid a million dollars. People. That sounds very materialistic, doesn't it? Pay a million dollars for a soccer ball. And, but they're not paying for the ball, are they? They're not paying for the ball. They're paying for something else. Some, they're paying for the feeling. Hmm? For a feeling and a value that's been posited on the ball. Hmm? And what does all that, where's the feeling come from? Where's the feeling about? That's coming from consciousness. You understand? Consciousness, as I've often said, gives meaning and value 
That's what they're concerned with. Hmm? Nobody's a materialist. You understand? They're interested in the self. You know what the most used word in the English language is? It's probably the same in Polish. It's probably the same in Finnish. Hmm? It's I. I. This is the most used word. I do this. I went here. I go there. I want this. I don't want that. I, I, I. This is the most most used word. Hmm? It's what we are most focused on. I. And what we know least about. Hmm? It's what we love the most. I is what we love the most. Hmm? And, and still what we know the least about. If we could know fully, what is the I? How much we could love then. Hmm? Barely knowing the I, hmm? we are completely preoccupied in loving it. Hmm? Do you understand? And this comes out, of course, in Brahma Mimohan Lila also. It's, a ma- it's one of the major theological points of Brahma Mimohan Lila. It is made in the Upanishads. Hmm? It's not the wife that the man loves but himself. It's not the house that the man loves, but himself. It's not the child that the woman loves, the mother loves, but herself. These are like Upanishadic statements. What is, what is the meaning? Hmm? Upanishads are full of questions and, and, and statements like this that seem like kind of simplistic and, and we think they're supposed to be very elevated, but we read the stories in the Upanishads and and it, they sound very kind of kind of simple. Hmm? There's only a couple subjects in the Upanishads. Two subjects. I and you. The world and me. Others and me. And what is the relationship? It means what is the relationship between consciousness and matter? The subjective and the objective world. Hmm? Even other persons, of course, we objectify them, so we see them as objects, a material composite, and so forth. Hmm? So it's I, the subjective, private I of experience, and in the world that is experienced. Hmm? And the whole thrust of the Upanishads, of course, is to, is to turn our attention to I. What is I? Upanishads ask questions like children ask. Einstein said once when he was asked, how did you discover the theory of relativity? You know what he said? He said, I didn't stop asking the questions of my childhood. Questions like, Dad, what is time? And father says, it's time to go to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning. Hmm? The questions that adults put off hmm? as unanswerable. Hmm? Hmm? These questions that come in childhood, these are the kind of questions that come up, that arise in the Upanishads that they say should be pursued. There are answers to them. And answering them this is, the, is really to unlock the meaning of life, the purpose of life, to find fulfillment. Hmm? And the whole thrust is, again, to turn from our pursuit of the objective world to the pursuit of the subjective world. 
the I. Hmm? We, are, we are a unit of value and meaning, consciousness. Hmm? We are an object, the object of, of love. Hmm? We love ourselves. Hmm? We love things because we're in them, in other words. Because it's, as I've often said, it's my husband, it's my wife, my child, therefore I love that child, that wife, because I'm in there. Hmm? This comes out in Brahma Mohan Leela, of course. Hmm? That the I is, the self is the most lovable, and Krishna is most lovable because Krishna is the source of the self. Hmm? The cowherds had ended up having Krishna as their son for one year after Brahma stole them. The calves had, the cows had Krishna as their calves for one year after Brahma stole them. And Baldev marveled at how, when he saw this, how much they were loving their sons, how much the cows were loving their calves. Hmm? And he realized, oh, Krishna is manifest as them. Krishna is the most lovable object. Hmm? Self is the most lovable object because... Uh, and, and, and because it's part and parcel of Krishna, the supreme subject, hmm? the full face of the subjective, plumbing the depths of the subjective reality, we come to Krishna hmm? and all that he's about. Hmm? So as we are lovable objects, we are so because Krishna is the most lovable object. Hmm? So, so, to, so it's possible. Hmm? Yeah. Ideas by bhakti, by hearing, hmm? by hearing about Krishna, staying in a position we're in, simply hearing about Krishna, making this kind of effort. Hmm? We, we we could become fully acquainted with the subjective side of the better the better half of reality, if you will, that which gives meaning. Uh, to the world, to existence. Make effort for grace. Make effort to hear from qualified persons about these beautiful leelas of Krishna. And then what happens, he says, by effort of, say, the power of knowledge, we can never enter there. We can never even capture the whole of material existence. What does speak of capturing Brahman? Hmm? Brahman is everywhere. How can you capture it? And Krishna is Brahman moving. That's even harder to catch then. Hmm? If that which is everywhere is moving from here to the how you will catch him? Hmm? Arrest him, in Sri Ramarsha's language, in the fist of your intellect. This is not possible. Hmm? But there, that there is such a thing that's uncatchable, that's very attractive. Hmm? I still want to catch him. <laughs> I want to know him. I want to be acquainted with such a fantastic thing, such an extraordinary ascharjavat, it is said in Gita. Ascharjavat, about the self. It is amazing. You can say, can you tell me about the self? It is amazing. Hmm? It is completely different from everything in the world. Hmm? Everything in the world is here today and gone tomorrow. Everything in the world only has meaning because the self gives meaning to it. Hmm? It is amazing what to speak of Krishna. How amazing. We cannot, as a, you cannot capture that. 
Even the self cannot be captured in the fist of the intellect. But to speak of Brahman, what to speak of Brahman moving, dancing, Brahman bewildered. Brahman is not Brahma, but Brahman <laughs> is bewildered. Param Brahma. Hmm? This is a very charming idea. Huh? We are attracted to it. The course for going there is, is easy in one sense, but it's very different from the way in which we have been moving in the world. And that's difficult to change. Hmm? We have to hear from, from qualified sources these beautiful narratives. This is, this is the idea. And the result, jita jito, asitrastilokyam. He who is ajita, Krishna, means there's no, there's no way by which you can conquer him, capture him, hmm? by your, your present uh, abilities, physical, mental, intellectual. This is just impossible. You should just give up. Hmm? Knowledge should be used only, to, only for, for real, culminates it really in realizing I need to do sadhana. I need to engage in a trans-rational way of knowing if I want to be happy. Hmm? Simply exercising my brain for understanding how things work, what's true and what's not true. Hmm? And when you arrive at what's true, by thinking about, by intellectually, then you take to Krishna Leela and he says, it's untrue. Hmm? It's untrue. How's that? There is a Kali Yuga. What? I figured it out that it couldn't have been because... And there's good evidence for that. Hmm? Humans weren't existing that long ago. Language only began at this time. That's all true. Hmm? That's all true. But Krishna Leela is another thing. <laughs> it's another thing. How that works, I don't know. But we don't have to know. Hmm? That's the idea. Hmm? Of course, they're written about in certain ways and so forth for, purpose, for the purpose of engaging us and compelling us to engage in sadhana. It's important. It's called time's running out and so forth. But hmm? but the point is, even the truth that we gather, gather here, even the purity that we gather here, as I said earlier, it has no no currency there. Hmm? With regard to purity, Sridhar Maharaj gives the example. Oh, Krishna one day got a headache. And so he couldn't get up in the morning. Mother Yashoda was very concerned how to cure the headache. So Krishna then manifested as an Ayurvedic doctor, came to the house and said, I can cure that headache. Hmm. How you will do that, he said. She said, she said, you have to take a pot, a clay pot that has holes in it, and bring water from the Jamuna. You see, this is how to understand Krishna Leela. You'd say, that's impossible. Hmm? Right. This is how you, and, and it's impossible that Krishna could have a headache too. So this is all very interesting. <laughs> so Mother Yasoda, of course, she didn't stop to think that's impossible. She didn't think like that for a minute. She was concerned Krishna has a headache. Doctor says this is the cure. Find someone. She said, who can do that? She said, oh, you have to find a chaste girl. If you find a very chaste girl in the village, and she can bring water in a porous pot, in a pot with holes in it. Hmm? So, Mother Yasoda, dumb person, right? Ignorant, cowherd. She's not a smart person. Would think, wait a minute, you can't bring water in a pot with holes in it. There's some kind of trick here. 
Don't go forward. Don't proceed. Hmm? Don't wait for everything to make sense to proceed. Some, to some extent, it has to make some sense. That's true. To some extent. Hmm? Hmm? But suspicion also leads to suspension. If we are exercising our intellect in such a way that we become suspended from applying ourselves in a transrational means of knowing, then we've, we've erred. Hmm? We have become only a toy in the hands of our intellect. That's very difficult to understand. If you're a toy in the hand of your senses, it's easy to understand. Hmm? You can feel it. Hmm? You can see it, you can feel it, other people will tell you. <laughs> and if you become a toy in the hand of your mind, also it's more readily understandable. To become a toy in the hand of your intellect, people will think you're very smart, and they think you're very intelligent, very good reason for not practicing. Uh, that's good. Very intelligent, yes. Hmm? And, sus- and, and, and sus- suspending oneself from a transrational exercise. So this to be a tool, only a only a toy in the hand of one's intellect, this is the problem. It's very hard to sort that out. Hmm? That's why this verse is written by Brahma, spoken by Brahma with four heads. He's trying to make this point: don't be a toy in the hand of your intellect, or to speak of mind and senses. Mother Yasoda was not like that. She was told by the doctor, take a porous pot, fill it with water. She just said, who can do that? Chaste girl, okay. Does that make any sense? No. Mm-hmm. But she thought, okay, well, then we'll find a chaste girl. So there was two ladies, of course, that always were questioning the chastity of others. Kutila and Jatila, Radharani's sister-in-law and mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Kutila means crooked. <laughs> so she's mother said, you, you, you must be chaste. You're always ask, questioning everybody else's chastity. Hmm? So you take the pot and go. Uh, she was not willing to go, of course, because she thought she would not be successful. Anyway, she was forced to go by Mother Yashoda's affection for her son, her necessity for her son, that a hair on his head would be out of place. That would cause a heart palpitation in her. Hmm? So by the force of her affection, Kutila had to go and come back with an empty pot. Hmm? Then she turned on Jatila. Oh, goodness. She's always concerned, especially about Radharani's chastity. Hmm? Married as she is ostensibly to her son. Hmm? She was forced to go. She came back with an empty pot. Mother Yasoda now, what to do? The most chaste ladies in town who are always questioning the chastity of others, they could not do it. Said, the doctor said, I think uh, that one over there, hmm, <laughs> hiding over there, when you're talking about chastity, Radha, give her the pot. So she, of course she went and said, Krishna manifested in the Jamuna and held the pot, like invisible to everyone else. And, hmm. and that water was poured on Krishna's head and his headache went away. Hmm. These are stories. They're very charming. They're beautiful. Hmm. We think they have, they're ontologically true and existing and so forth, but we have to understand the point that they're making to go there. You see how this is trying to just take apart your way you think about things. Hmm. What are the possibilities and so forth? Hmm. 
Radharani appears impure in the Leela, married to, 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 to uh, um, what is his name? Abhi, Abhimanyu. Hmm? And running off with Krishna in the night seems to be impure. But pure, that is the, it is saying, it is saying to us in one sense, material purity, that will not help you. Hmm? And bhakti will come to you even if you're materially impure. It will make you pure. That's a byproduct. It will give you knowledge. That hmm? also. Hmm? Hmm. But it will give you access to, 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 to enter into the, into the world of Krishna Lila, where anything is possible. And there, jita jito. Jita? Jita. Ajita. He who is ajita. Unconquerable. That Brahman who is moving and dancing. How you can capture him. He becomes captured. That is what the whole Krishna Lila means. Brahman has now been captured. Why is he moving? Hmm? Why is he dancing? Hmm? He's moving under the force of bhakti. Hmm? The power of bhakti is making him move and dance and be, be, become subordinate hmm? and bewildered in love, subordinate to his own devotees. This is our ideal. Brahma had to become bewildered <laughs> to enter there, is the point. Hmm. So these leelas, this leela we'll be discussing. I wanted to introduce it mm, in this way. Any question? Yes. Uh, I have a question about the statement that Krishna is most himself when he is mostly bewildered, uh, when he don't know. Uh, in such situation, he can be still called Paraveshvara or Supreme Controller because how, how one can control without knowing? So, when, when Krishna is bewildered, who is controlling everything? <laughs> yeah, there's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to the world, Mahavishnu left his post. He's controlling the world. He became a Dvaita to dance. What happened? What, what, <laughs> yes, what will happen if Krishna leaves? Hmm. If Krishna checks out, so to speak, and become bewildered. Hmm. In one sense, for that, he has other, other manifestations of himself that are concerned with that more directly. Hmm. Paramatma, teacher particularly, with regard to the world that needs to be controlled. Hmm. Uh, Baikuntha is more or less out of control, but uh, <laughs> Christian Leela is way out of control, of course. But uh, in other words, control is there for morals and so forth. They're there for the, for the immoral to, to, to improve their situation and so forth. Rules and so forth are 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 there to help us come to love, at which point they're retired. And Vaikuntha is, is, is a realm of love, so rules are retired there. Hmm? And people are engaging spontaneously, of course. Um, and, and in Golok, in the Brajalila, that much more. Hmm? In this world, we need control. So Krishna has agents for that. Mahavishnu is controlling everything. Paramatma. In three features, he's got it from biggest to the biggest to the smallest to the smallest. This is Vishnu, all pervasive. He's not missing anything. Hmm? This is his business. 
He doesn't, his, his Leela is not anywhere near as attractive as Krishna Leela. It's Shristi Leela. Hmm? Shristi Leela, the real purpose of the Shristi Leela is that, is that, that God might also experience compassion. If he's all love, if he experiences all kinds of love, he has to experience compassion. And Krishna does not so much get the desire to show compassion to the world because he's absorbed in his own world. Hmm? Lost to that. But in Vaikuntha Narayan has some desire to bestow Sayuja, Salukya, Sarsti. There's no one to bestow it on at Vaikuntha. So another world has to manifest for that. Hmm? Another form of himself. That is called the Shristi Lila. So we are born to be the objects of the compassion of God. And, of course, in Kali Yuga, there's a special concession. Right? The door to Krishna Lila is opened. You can enter there. So Krishna doesn't, anyway, but Krishna also doesn't lose his omniscience. He's still omniscient, but he's bewildered at the same time. That's even more confusing, I know. But, <laughs> but it recedes to the background. Hmm? It's said that he's omniscient enough to hear the prayers of his sadhakas in this world. Hmm? That's what you have to understand. That's what Krishna is all about. To say that Krishna is the supreme controller, yeah, it's true, kind of. Hmm? Uh, but we like to say that, yeah, he's the controller and that he controls by love, by affection, hmm? and, and his realm is, is, is Goloka, and everything is within Goloka, so to speak. Hmm? Uh, that's another explanation we may, may come to that. Everything is inside Golok. So, but his specialty is, is, is not really controlling every detail. He has other manifestations of himself that serve that such purposes. What else? Yes. And a question, I don't, I don't know if I understood it properly. Uh, you say that the effort to receive a mercy is important and this Western idea of uh, individuality uh, is not so helpful. And uh, it seems like the extroverts are, have, have easier access to this than introverts that are shy and, and so on to, to, to uh, attract the attention of Uh-huh. Yy, Maharaj powiedział, że yy, naszym celem jest przyciągać przyciąg, yy, wysiłek, aby przyciągnąć yy, uwagę yy, guru i łaskę. I, I moje pytanie brzmi tak, czy, czy dobrze to rozumiem, że ekstrawertycy mogą mieć łatwiej yy, niż introwertycy, którzy są yy, bardziej yy, wycofani i skryci? Mm -hmm. I think that there's some truth to that, relatively speaking. Um, because in one sense, uh, let us say, in our lineage, it's, um, there is a focus on establishing a mission for the welfare of others. And um, so if you want to make books and, and you want to open centers and so on and so forth you need somebody that's going to have the the charisma the power the shakti to, to do those kind of things which could be 
material um, capacity to manage, to organize, and, and so on and so forth. And so um, that person, those persons may get the attention, this I think is what you're asking, of the guru, and a person who's introverted, quiet, and to themselves, and so forth, may not. But I would say that they will get the attention with regard to the external um, type of uh, preaching concerns that are there. But I don't think that the heart of the sincere devotee goes un, unnoticed and that the, that the guru is not looking ultimately for the spiritual progress of each individual. Hmm? And while someone may be good at managing and organizing and, and so forth, hmm? that's only ultimately in the eyes of the guru as good as in the context of doing so, one's actually developing some well, Krishna consciousness and a taste for, for the uh, practices and so forth. Hmm? Once Prabhupada was asked a question um, by a devotee, he said, what is the best service we can render to Krishna? And I was there, and it was a big assembly of devotees. And what the, well, I know it was on the devotee's mind. He wanted Prabhupada to say, book distribution. And then he would turn to the temple authorities who weren't facilitating book distribution in the way that he wanted or the other devotees that weren't doing book distribution hmm, and say to them, see, Prabhupada said it right there, the best thing is book distribution, so everybody should be distributing books. And that was what he was thinking. Hmm? And certainly he was getting some attention for selling books and so on and so forth. But when Prabhupada heard the question, he said, just try to love Krishna. And then he went, yeah. <laughs> the guy who was, you know, like, def, you know, he, he, he was exposed, so to speak. Hmm. So there may be an appearance of that. And, of course, um, introverted or extroverted, we should try to help um, to establish Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the world, if nothing else, by our own personal example and so forth. And I think that, that the guru is looking for that. Whether 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 we are the person who stands out and yes, he organized everything, thank you very much and so forth and not that's not the whole um, story, so to speak. Some boldness is good. That's true. <laughs> and I tell you but I tell you how it works. Hmm? If people are my disciples and they come to me and they and they and they and they want to get close to me and 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 and, and I, well, I, I'm attracted to that. <laughs> if they're shy and they want to stay away, then I also honor that. Hmm? But um, people have different personalities. That that's true. I love all of my students, but some they come forward and they they want to know what I'm about and they want to do those things and so naturally I give them attention hmm? that's understandable I don't those who are shy and remain in the in, in the background and so forth because of their nature hmm? I study them too hmm? I, I think about them point them out to others sometimes to the bold ones hmm? as he is doing and so forth but um, yeah, I think the overriding point is that um, 
that the, uh, 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 qualified guru will will um, be aware of the sincerity of each disciple and and give attention, grace, and so forth as as um, is appropriate. It doesn't require a particular material disposition for that to happen. And it may appear like that externally, but that's not the whole whole picture. What else? Yes? Uh, some of them may say that um, <coughs> some parts of uh, Gaudiya Vaishnava teaching is, a bit up, is not so updated. For instance, you gave the example of uh, who is the best source of knowing the identity of father. It's the simplest way is to just approach mother and ask, who is my father? And Prabhupada in Gita is writing that that's the only way and the best way. But somebody might argue that today we have this DNA parental testing and there is other way to, to know who is my father. And, and actually we can be, of course, according to the, the science, we can be pretty more sure and this is my father, my bio- biological father, than what, whatever my mother says. Yeah, so, mm, yeah. my question is about uh, my question is about this part of, of the teaching, which are related not strictly to Siddhanta, because uh, Siddhanta is also... Uh-huh. Yeah, but this part who relates to the um, like world which is outside of us, so let me mm-hmm. I will use this broad term. Like I'm not talking about particular science because somebody might say that Prabhupada was not familiar with, with these topics and, and also when he was writing his commentary he didn't know something about DNA testing because actually it started later on. Mm-hmm. So so does it mean that uh, shall we like update some parts of, of uh, commentaries? And updates in the in the positive way, uh, saying that that was the state of the mind of the writer. Uh-huh. On the terms, uh, science was known in the time uh, this commentary was created. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea to update the commentaries. I think that it's good to write new books because. In writing new books, not only do the commentaries get updated, but so much more can come out as well. In other words, it's, it's, it's not just a question of certain things were said that at the time were pertinent and were compelling, that at this time and circumstance won't be compelling because of other information and so forth. Um, um, and we just correct that part. There, not only that will be adjusted... But something more will come as well, and so, I mean, the same would hold true. At what in the case of Bhakti Siddhanta, so we talk about Bhakti Vinod, they wrote books. The Prabhupada wrote his own books, as well. And you said the first and main business of an acharya is to, is to make a literary contribution, hmm? also. So, yeah, I think that the, that's the most important thing to have new books and have qualified people, obviously, to write the books. And that's what the Guru Parampara is. And then, then you see everything automatically in light because those books will become the emphasis of the time and, and they'll have currency hmm, amongst the public and so forth and, and so on. And the previous commentator 
who the present commentators derive their inspiration from will also be appreciated in light of the present commentator. Hmm? A product, who's a product of the previous one, and the, and the way in which that person wrote according to time and circumstance will be understood kind of automatically. And that's pretty much how, how things work in the world. Uh, for example, like Abraham Lincoln is in the United States, is one of the presidents of the United States who was very um, instrumental in freeing the slaves. Hmm? Um, and his time. Uh, still, if you studied him very much in detail hmm, about things, um, you would find practices that he was involved in with relation to the, to the Afro-Americans that were objectionable, would be objectionable today. Hmm? Like I think he had slaves or something like that, or, or you know, something like that at one point, um, which was common. So, but nobody thinks of him like that. Everybody thinks about what he was really about according to the time and the circumstance. And he's, uh, so that's just a material example. I think it works in our Guru Parampara as well. Does that help? Yeah. And of course, the point about asking your mother is, of course, the point that if you want, there's no, there's no, you know, DNA testing for, you know, for spiritual life. So, if you, if you want information about spiritual life, you have to go to someone who has it. Uh, that's that hasn't changed. <laughs> Because you are not relying on one source, so this is a very critical way of approaching the things that you compare and you collect all the knowledge, and then you will know this is my father or not. Because, as you said, sometimes the statement may be contradictory, so you don't rely on your one source. Your mother is not on That's true, yeah. Yeah, you have several sources of authority, <laughs> several authorities to a point, right? To a point, faith has to be there, but faith means that you have some real conviction as to your necessity for help hmm? in pursuing an, obj- an ideal that you're attracted to that is very uh, amazing, hmm? very extraordinary. Again, to capture Brahman, hmm? who's everywhere, and which is hard enough, and moving, and it's even harder. This is the ideal. It's very. It should be very clear that, that, goodness, I very much need help for that. Almost to the point where any help I can get, I will. I would. I would take that. Hmm? Okay, that's nice to sit with all of you again, and um, we'll meet again in the morning. Right? What time? Ten o'clock. Okay. Sri Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupad ki jai. Bhakti Raktak Sida Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sasati Sakur Prabhupad ki jai. Sri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai. Gold Bhakti Vrinda ki jai.